Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Monica Guzman is a bridge builder. She works at Braver Angels. They exist to depolarize America. That's a good thing. She's a Seattle-based Joe Biden voting liberal raised by Mexican-American parents who twice voted for Donald Trump. Most importantly for our purposes, she's the author of I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. Monica, thanks so much for your time. I will turn the table on you and use your own question on you. Why you? Ah, why did I write this book? I I have been sort of plagued by a fascination with humanity and a curiosity that's taken me all kinds of places and doesn't let go. Uh, So at one point, when I was working on my journalism and looked around and said, we're so fractured that we're blind to each other. This isn't working. My telling stories isn't working. I've got to pull back and try something different. And at the same time, 
I'm having these conversations with my parents that are so intense, but that actually work. Uh, I can say that I understand why my parents voted for Trump. They can say that they understand why I voted for Biden and Clinton. And somehow we still get along in a world where that seems more and more impossible. Was there an epiphany moment for you when you recognize this fractionalization that you've referred to? You know, uh, a big moment for me was the Women's March in Seattle. You remember that uh, back after the 2016 election. As a journalist, I never march. I never hold posters. I only cover them, right? I take that very seriously. Uh, But that day, I, I decided to make a poster. But rather than put any kind of liberal political thing that I might sympathize with on that poster, I put three words. Uh, honesty, curiosity, respect. And I got all kinds of weird looks (laughs) up and down the streets of Seattle that day. But honestly, I realized that I was, there was nothing that scared me more than what was happening to those three things, honesty, curiosity, and respect. Tell me about watching the 2020 returns come in with your folks. Yeah, that was an interesting choice. I, uh, (laughs) I decided, you know what, if I'm going to look at these divisions, then I better put myself right at the fault line. So I asked my parents, hey, I know that y'all watch Fox News and I'm going to watch something else like CNN, but how about we watch it together? And, And I promise that I will let you all run the TV, you know, and I'll try to be collaborative. It was a really tough night. I remember there was a moment that night. Uh, first of all, my mom busted out like sangria that helped. But there was a moment where, you know, Trump got up and, and was saying some things about how he doubted that the election went, you know, the way it should have, that I just stormed out of the room. <laughs> I was in another room and my parents said, Monica, he's done talking. You can come back in now. Uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. But we, we managed to stay together. And that's the important part. I mean, the book, I never thought of it that way, is a book that seeks to keep us, I won't say continually talking with one another, but to start the conversation, because so many of us, as you say, are are fractionalized today. You also make the observation that polarization is a problem that eats other problems. What does that mean? That's right. It's it's the the thing that is sinking us. It's the right. sinkhole that every other debate and problem is is just falling into and darkening into. The the truth is that because we are so polarized, we're blinded. We're so divided, we're blinded to the point that we can't even see the debates for what they truly are. Research has shown us over and over again that across the political divide, it's like a funhouse mirror. We're not seeing clearly at all. And it's largely because It's so difficult for so many of us just to connect and have the conversations and be honest with each other anymore. We know that people don't feel comfortable even sharing their true opinions, let alone being somewhat vulnerable enough to keep their minds open to other perspectives. So without that, we don't have the kind of trust that we need to engage in the debates productively at all. Your book follows a a long line of books that I've been similarly drawn to. If I put them in chronological order, it would probably be Bob Putnam's Bowling Alone and Bill Bishop's The Big Sort and Charles Murray's Coming Apart, which all speak to this 
fractionalization that seems to have been accelerated in the Internet era because now we can more easily find people who are like minded. It could be politics. It could also be a hobby. It could be sporting enthusiasts. But the challenge is, how do we all start having more common experiences? How do we get back? This is the way I explain it, Monica. How do we get back to where a a show like Seinfeld or something else signs off and the whole country is watching it, not just on Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know if we ever get back there. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) isn't that funny that we've lost even those cultural touch points that felt unifying, that felt like we were all speaking the same language. That's a consequence of our fracture. I think it's a mistake to think that it's merely political. I mean, politics is how we thrive together. It touches everything. So again, this is why it sort of eats all other problems and it eats all other opportunities to connect. But to answer your question, how we get back together, I really think, is to elevate the importance of the one-to-one conversation. These things need to happen in the smallest unit. Next time you uh, interact with somebody with whom you might disagree a bit on something, it doesn't have to be a huge disagreement, you can ask them a question like, what are your concerns about what's going on with abortion? What are your concerns about school shootings? The question of concern takes you away from judgment and toward curiosity. And after they've given you a couple of concerns, you can say, what else? Questions of concern lead to conversations about values and conversations about values. You can find a lot of common ground. I feel like I got from your book how I should be interacting, how I should be comporting myself, conducting, being inquisitive, listening, asking follow up questions. I mean, I read it closely and I bought into the message. The one thing you didn't give me, this is my one note on I never thought of it that way. You've not given me marching orders of where I go to find these people. Because I'm in a bubble. My, my, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a gated community, literally or figuratively, like so many other people. And I am rubbing shoulders with and eating at restaurants with and sending my kids to school with people who look the same way. Like, how are we getting out of what you describe as the sorting, the othering and the siloing? You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because obviously this is different for every person. It is unquestionable that blue zip codes are getting bluer, red zip codes are getting redder. It's a lot harder to just run into somebody different at the bus stop. That said, there's a lot of difference even within our circles. While we are siloed, there probably are folks that we know who have somewhat different opinions. Maybe they're not real comfortable sharing them. But here's the other thing. In order to grow from being more curious across the divide. You don't need to go all the way to a completely different view. You can begin with a smaller step. The other thing I'll say is that even if you've got no one in your life that you know who has something different you can talk to them about, you could just go on the Internet. I mean, the Internet is a curse in a lot of ways, but it's a blessing in that it's this parade of perspectives. And the next time that you see an article that the headline obviously communicates a perspective with which you disagree, but you know is popularly held, click on that article. And as you read it, ask yourself, what is the strongest argument on this side? Ask yourself, what are the deep down honest concerns that good people who agree with this might have? Even that, when you're not even talking to another person, can help you be more curious. Monica Guzman's book is called I Never Thought of It That Way. By the way, this is not a book. She says this expressly at the outset. This is not a book about converting the other side. That's not the purpose. The purpose is not to win folks over. The purpose, you correct me, uh, Monica, if I'm wrong, the purpose is about having dialogue and establishing trust and respect. Is that a fair encapsulation? 
Absolutely. And I will say this, we're, you know, the point of getting curious is not to ask questions all day long forever. The point of getting curious is to build enough trust again to when to, to the point where persuasion can be effective again, because that's what's going on. You know, we're, we're debating truth and we're debating facts, but we don't have enough trust that becomes the glue to make those conversations impactful and powerful. And that's why it seems like we're spinning further and further into chaos. I circled something on page 153 that caught my eye. Our experiences, that mix of an event and our personal place in it, tap into something elemental. They tap into what it's like to be us. They even get us to help each other, which is why therapists or friends comforting each other or strangers attending support groups together all rely on people sharing their stories to find the right, totally custom way to help. Call it empathy. Call it being human. It's just how people work. Expand on that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we undercount how powerful, how relatable it is just to share a story. So, uh, you know, envision this for a moment. You're in a conversation of disagreement. You're you're talking about logic and reason and syllogisms and, and you feel tense. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe the other person suddenly decides to tell you about an experience they had that informs their views, something that happened when they were younger or happened yesterday. And you'll sense yourself sort of relax and your brain goes into a different mode of visualization. You start to imagine what this other person's experience was like. And then automatically, without needing reason to explain it, you might share a little bit of their pain, their suffering, their joy, their surprise, whatever they're communicating. Story is incredibly powerful. And that's why I say also in the book that one of the most important kinds of questions we can ask is rather than ask, why do you believe what you believe? Which can sound like you're putting someone on trial uh, across division. Instead of that, you can ask, how did you come to believe what you believe? That way you make the other person a storyteller and hopefully you become a storyteller too. And research has shown us that when we share our experiences, um, it can be extraordinarily um, impactful and it can build that trust that we need. But I need to be in your company or in touch with you electronically. Somehow we need to be having interaction for me to employ all these techniques that you've given me in the book. And the great concern that I have is that we're just in these disparate worlds and never the two are intersecting. You know, and it's funny because we live in this incredible paradox. We've never been more connected in that I can go online and immediately talk to who knows any of millions of people if I want to. That's a miracle. That's incredible. So while it is true that we are severely disconnected and we have all these things and, you know, sort of human nature pushing us to other and label and stereotype. We also are really, really driven to connect. Uh, The ability to have a conversation is one of the most beautiful and sophisticated sorts of systems that we are all equipped to do. And once you're in a conversation, you'll notice as soon as somebody mentions something in common with you, oh, my gosh, I went to that school. Oh, I've also been to that place. We want to connect. And so that's where I see hope is these interactions are not impossible. They're actually more possible in some ways than they've ever been. It's about whether we have the courage to lean into them and to reject some of the stereotypes we've gotten, the, the temptation to believe that everybody and every member of a group behaves the same and believes the same, and the courage to say, no, there's different individuals in this world, and I'm going to get curious about each one of them. I agree with all of that, but the, the connectivity is not doing it for us. Too many of our kids are behind closed doors interacting with friends and putting on imaginary lives. You know, we, we need them back hanging together. 
uh, the way that Gene Twangy writes about in iGen. Hey, sum up for someone who joined us late or there's a message that I've not yet given Monica Guzman the opportunity to share. I never thought of it that way, how to have fearlessly curious conversations in dangerously divided times. What is it you want us most to know? Mm, I, I think that one of the most important things is to know that whoever is underrepresented in your life will be overrepresented in your imagination. And that that's the climate we're in. Uh, instead of people, uh, too often we'll see monsters. Instead of possibilities, too often we'll see disasters. And that's a difficult place to build meaningful lives, meaningful relationships, and a, and a successful, thriving world. So that's the challenge in front of us. And with the power of curiosity, I think that we can rise up and meet it. Monica, I wish you good things with the book, and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michael. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. 
Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Monica Guzman, ladies and gentlemen, I never thought of it that way. TC is is thinking of telling me that she's never thought of that way. Well, for sure. I think I find her very hopeful. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I listen to her and I think there's a lot of good out there. There's an Axios uh, headline that I want to throw into the mix here. Oh, from Smirconish.com? Smirconish.com and Smirconish.com, the newsletter. Yes. Uh, headline, The Outsized Power of Small Acts of Kindness. Who does that make you think of? Maz, which is, wh- which is why I flagged it. A, because it's a worthy story, but this is like Dr. Maz and Steve Treziak in Compassionomics. Do explain. Both Compassionomics and, and it, Wonder And drug. it relates to this. Right, it, exactly. It, in other words, can I say one thing and then I, I promise? Okay, if you do the things that Monica Guzman recommended, it's better for you and your mental health. That's it. Explain. That's it. So here's what they say in this um, Axios piece. Small and simple, kind gestures have immense underestimated power. Why it matters, they say, when it comes to doing nice things for others, a little goes a long way. That should encourage all of us to put in that bit of extra effort to make someone smile. Research demonstrated, researchers have demonstrated the power of small acts of kindness in a new study published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. They conducted a series of experiments with different acts of kindness, such as offering someone a ride home or covering the cost of someone's coffee. In one experiment, study participants at an ice skating rink in Chicago on a cold winter day, hard to imagine right now, but gave other skaters hot chocolate for free. Then both parties were asked to rate how much the gesture was worth. The givers consistently undervalued how much the hot cocoa meant to the recipients. And what they're saying is that we routinely misjudge the impact of the actions. And it matters because it's so much bigger than we think it is. It's bigger for them and it's bigger for us. And remember, remember what the Maz franchise here is all about, because that's what I think he's building. It began with looking at doctors right. and when doctors and nurses and healthcare providers extend themselves and exhibit empathy and compassion, the end result in terms of the patient is better. They actually have a positive result or a more positive Truly result. better health. Better health. Yes. Thank you. As, yes. as a result. So then Maz seeks to expand this like, wait a minute, what about outside of the hospital setting and finds out, lo and behold, when you are... Kind, kind to people. It's a wonder drug. It, it's a wonder drug that pays dividends not only for the people that you're you're kind toward, but also for yourself. Especially you for want yourself. To improve, That's the whole point. If you want to improve your own mental health, so Maz would say, go do something for somebody else. It's kind of amazing. May sound counterintuitive, but it's true. So what I'm the reason that I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up now is because in the context of Monica's book. All of these things that she recommends we do so that we build bridges with people with whom we have political disagreement are actually going to be better for us and the country at the same time. So that's the drill. Katie in Michigan, you wanted to say what? I wanted to say that this fascinates me because it's something I've been having a conversation with my two kids who are 37 and 31, and we rarely agree politically. But what I keep telling my kids is, if they can't sit down and have a conversation with me about whatever topic it is, how do they expect to change people's minds? 
Um, and without, you know, without getting into the conversation by starting out by saying you're ignorant or right. whatnot. Yeah, and you're, the, the and you're there. Is, go ahead. I was going to say you're their ahead. mom. I mean, if, if you can't have the conversation with mom, right. with whom you disagree, right. you're not going to have it with anybody else. Right. And I do find that I've learned a ton from them from having conversations. I, I consider myself an independent and, uh, you know, but hearing their concerns and also, you know, from a different generation and their perspective, I learn a ton. Um, of course, we and then all the do. other point I wanted to make, you know, when you were talking about the quiet quitters or whatever earlier, this generation or their generation tends to pick where they're going to live and then get a job. So um, interestingly, interestingly, there's a we're all familiar with gerrymandering. Uh, thank you, yes. by the way, Katie. But there's another factor out there that you're touching on now, which is self-sorting. Those who have mobility are living, choosing to and living with the like minded. Charles in Houston, quickly, what did you want to say? Uh, I really enjoyed your last interview. One of my favorite books is the one you mentioned by Charles Murray, Coming Apart. I would encourage anybody to to read that. It, 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 you can take a personal test in that book that shows you how strong you might be caught in your own echo chamber. Uh, another thing I would suggest people check out is the famous podcast, uh, Freakonomics, uh, specifically the episode uh, number 379, How to Change Your Mind, which explains asking first how somebody got to where they were on their certain view and what information did they use to get there. And that opens them up to other ideas because it, it makes them express actual details of the information versus hey, just can I, can repeating. I just, can I also say while you're there listening to that episode, would you listen to the one where I'm the guest on Freakonomics? Because pre-pandemic, I remember being in New York and Stephen Dubner, not, uh, uh, not his partner from the University of Chicago, conducted the interview. And I really enjoyed it because they're bright and that's a very successful uh, podcast. Charles, I got to keep moving because I want to get Jose in here quickly. Jose, California, what did you most want to say? Hey, Michael. So I just wanted to comment on those discussions. I think it's important that we're able to acknowledge other people's concerns or, or beliefs while maintaining what is true. For example, on the election, I can empathize with someone that says they have concerns about election integrity while maintaining that Trump had his day in court under the Constitution. He brought it. It was decided, and we need to respect that. Um, and, and I think it's really important that we be able to hold is that, the line. Okay, is that, a, is that a litmus test for your friendship? Not for friendship, but for my understanding of how sincere people are in wanting to engage in honest debate, right? I, you know... I can admit when I'm wrong. I'll tell you right now, I vote far left. If Liz Cheney were for president, I would vote for her because she's above all else. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And I'm only saying that in my life, I run, I try to, thank you, Jose. I try to lead my life the way that I try to lead this program, which is you don't need to agree with me for me to want you to be a listener. And you don't need to agree with me to be, you know, a friend of mine. I don't have litmus tests like that. Not that Jose was recommending he does. 
Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.